You're listening to NFT 365, the first daily podcast on NFTs with your host, Fanzo, talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and what the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365, the only daily NFT podcast minting an NFT every day for 365 days. Powered by the ADHD coin at rally.io, here's your host and digital futurist, the ADHD superpowered Brian Fenzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. What's up, friends? Uh, welcome back to another episode of NFT 365. If you're a creator or you want to hire creators or you're launching a project, you want to work uh, with advisors, you want to rethink even this whole conversation around influencers and hosting, uh, this is the episode for you. Uh, excited to bring on uh, my good friend uh, as a guest, uh, Shira Lazar. And so we're going to jump right into it, Shira, because uh, for me, that's what it's all about. Excited to have you on uh, the podcast finally. Uh, yes. Welcome. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I mean, you've been on my podcast so many times. It was only a matter of time. And I just love you and everything you're up to. So it is an honor. Well, I was trying, you know, we go way back. And for those that, you know, we thought we way back web three people are like, web, they, they think that's like a couple of years. I was actually trying to find, I found a tweet that we were at, uh, you know, the South by Southwest. I think it was 2014 uh, together, but I did actually find, let's see, I'm going to add it to this, see if it'll pop up here on the, on the stream. Wow. I don't know if you remember this one. That's Oh my fronts. God. Uh, look, so my we hair looks really good. We were on a panel there. I know. I was like, I, we, I was like, a, we were on a powerful little panel there uh, at Live Fronts. That was 2017. Um, but you know, we've we've both have been in like the content creation, especially you know, tech world. You're on one coast, I'm kind of on the other coast. But I've always looked, you know, you have always done a great job of providing, you know, hosting, you know, amplifying, creating content, but also kind of being on that like same edge where I like to play where. We're trying to get you know brands, businesses, audiences to do some innovative things, but you're also you know a radio show. You've also had you know uh, I mean massively long uh, you know YouTube and oh I just literally knocked my markers off my table. <laughs> what just happened? Uh, I don't. I, that was that was pretty interesting, right? So yeah, this is all things are falling off. But um, I'm curious, you know, you know, as as you look at where you are right now, how do you how are you introducing yourself right now in Web three oh as like who is Shira Lazar? Yeah, I appreciate it. That's always the big question because you need to spoon feed who you are to people for them to understand who you are. You can't assume or expect that they will have that title for you. You need to lean in. So I've al always kind of set up who I am before people even understand, right? Because um, it's about what I want versus them validating or getting me in that way. And so in this space, as I've, I dove in, I say I'm a Web3 web advocate and collector, um, but also an advisor and a consultant in the space. Uh, I'm a broadcaster at heart. I've been covering social media trends and digital culture for almost two decades and started my own digital publisher, What's Trending, a decade ago. And now my work in Web3 is an evolution and an upgrade from that. And really, my passion points are bridging the gap between Web 2 and Web 3 and, you know, merging pop culture into that, making things understandable through content and education. And I really value 
equity and social impact as a through line for all of that. So that's like my my I, I, <laughs> long and short of it pitch. I like it. I like it. I like where you you went with that. And I I mean. I mean, it's great. Two decades doing that, and you look, you're you don't look a day over thirty. So I mean, you Thank you were very blessed in <laughs> in in that realm. Um, you know, I'm curious for you when you look back, like when did you first like think of yourself as a creator, or like realize like, hey, this is more than like this is something I'm going to lean into because I mean, I remember when we first met uh, in South by like, and I think actually it's funny, funny. I was thinking about this. The last time I got to ask you questions, I believe was the first time we ever met, which is kind of funny in that in that scheme because I had Meerkat and I believe I was like a Dell collaboration event. Oh, and yeah. like it was like yeah. awkward because they like making me they were making me interview all the like the influencers there as one of the influencers. I think that was literally the last time that we had on that on this on this side. But if you would have asked me in 2014, I would have not said a thought of myself as a creator. I just, you know, for me, I was like a live streamer and a broadcaster. I was kind yeah, of, yeah. Even host, now I say yeah. broadcaster because even in Web3, you say creator and they go, oh, so you're an NFT artist. And you're like, well, no, I create content around the space. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's funny because depending on who I'm talking to, I kind of lean into certain things versus other things. Like I didn't even include that I have a wellness company in there, like mental yep. health and wellness is really important to what I do too. And that becomes hard. Like sometimes I wish I could simplify it. At the same time, that would just be cutting out parts of myself. So I feel like Web3 lends itself to the multi-hyphenate. So it's perfect for the unicorns, all of us unicorns yes, who want to like do a bunch of things. That said, yeah, for a while, like for me, I was always the host and interviewer. And because I was interviewing creators, it was almost like I cut myself out of saying I'm a creator. And I think in doing that, I I really did myself a disservice, right? Because it was like saying like, well, you know, you are, you're all creating the stuff. Like I'm not part of the ecosystem in a valuable way when that's not true. I think all of us lend value to the ecosystem in different ways, right? Wherever yep. you're coming in from. Similarly, I, I, I did the same thing at, in calling myself a CEO and entrepreneur. Like I didn't say that. Right. I didn't lean into that. And so when I would get my badge for a conference, right, or have to fill out a form and they said, like, what's your title? That's always been a hard thing. Now the I worst. say it's like the worst question <laughs> of all time. Now I, I hate say, that question. Yeah, like creative entrepreneur and on-air personality, or I might write like founder and on-air personality. And yeah, a lot of people don't get it, but it's like, at the same time, I'm like, if you don't get it, you don't get it. If you do, you do great. Like there's only so much I can do here. Yeah. Uh, it's like just, the, it's the blessing and the curse of the multi-hyphenate side, right? The blessing of like, we love to do lots of things. We, we can relate with just about anyone that's out there. The problem is getting others to talk about us with like a sense of like presenting all of that we offer. It's like, I mean, I, when I started calling myself, a, you know, the, I, I kept you know doing the same thing you were doing. And then I, I came up to like digital futurist and it was actually my, my past speaker oh, agent. That's like, I, I, I was like, that's great. But then all of a sudden people are like, well, we don't hire digital futurists. And I was like, <laughs> Oh crap. Like there's no, like, there's no like stage for digital user futurist. That's like, they're like, I'm not a consultant. I'm not an advisor. I'm not a speaker. I'm a di like, so like, that is like a, I think, and I think for those in web three, they, we probably struggle. There's more of us multi-hyphenates in web three than I think I remember even from early adoption days uh, of web two. And I think that's 
it is a blessing and a curse probably for many that are listening to this. They can, they can agree. Cause when you said, uh, when you just said, when I, when I asked you the first question, you were like, well, we have to own how we talk about who we are. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I forgot we, do, we need to do that. Cause like, I was literally the guy a lot of times, like, I don't care how you intro me, intro me forever. However. Totally. Well, that's just an easy way not to own. Yeah. Like really put yourself out there. Yep. It's, you know, you're finding the back door, right. Saying like, if you get it great, if you don't, that's okay. And it's like, well, you know, you know, like what if you just said who you are and it doesn't even matter if they get it or not. Cause there's, will be someone who does. And so I think like for me also, the whole thing of not calling myself a founder was huge yep. because I have at different points run a seven figure business and yet wasn't being included in founder conversations. And as a woman then wasn't being included in conversations possibly to invest in companies yep. or get equity. And so you could see how it's like a domino effect to not being included and having an, uh, an upside in many ways. And that isn't good. Like, yeah, I we saw need more I, of it. I saw a tweet that you posted. I was probably a month and a half ago or so. And you were like, really wish I knew about that. I would have loved to invest. And I remember being like, how the yeah. hell do they not include you? Right. Like that was like my, my thought, but it's because I know you at that level, right. Where there is an element of like, if we're not telling people the different ways they can work with us or own the different pieces, like that does put us in a weird spot because I mean, I'm like you, there's a lot of times where I'm like, how was I not part of that? Or why did they not think of me? And part of that is like, well, because they probably thought of us like in, in a different, you know, light in a different you know, vehicle. There's two sides to it. That's true. And sometimes people just forget. People just don't think. And then you can't take it personally, right? Like, like we're not on top of everyone's minds, but how do you place yourself in a way so that in the future, like use that moment as information in terms of what you want to do. A lot of times we get butt hurt and then we just like go in the corner and we alienate ourselves or we get angry. For me, like after I feel that moment, I say, okay, well, what does that say about what I'm doing and how I'm doing it? Yep. And so, you know, these social media bios are so perfect in a way because it forces us to really in a concise way claim who we are for everyone. And I'm always rejiggering. I'm saying my, I'm updating mine all the yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. No, <laughs> like all totally. the time. You know, for a long time, I didn't even say I was Emmy nominated. And I started seeing other people who have won Emmys or won awards or nominations. They say it in their bio. And I was like, oh, that's so cheesy. Like, that's weird. And someone said to me, no, you got to own that. And so right. I changed it to Emmy nominated host, wellness and web three. And I even added advisor investor because in the end, if I want to be investing more, people have to see that I'm saying that's what I'm doing. Right. Yep. And like, and that's the reality. And I, and it, it is worrisome because I feel like and a lot of us do in web two who are creators weren't part of the actual infrastructure. We were part of the ecosystem, but we didn't have the upside. We were basically helping those platforms get bigger. And yeah, so let's face it. I mean, we, we, yeah, we were building, we were building on there so they could sell advertising to the people. Totally. And if we weren't building on there, none of that would have been able to sell anything. And the investors wouldn't have got their return. Right. It and was yeah. Yeah. And the, and not the problem, but like, this is the thing as a creator, like we just, we we're so into it. We're so into creating content. We want to bridge the gap. We want to put a spotlight on others that we tend to forget. And so my hope is that in the web three era, that we get to have more of a piece of the pie. 
once again, it, it, it can be challenging because there are so many distractions and because we're just trying to continue to plant our flag and push things forward. And then lo and behold, you know, Proof Collective announces a raise, right? Yeah. Uh, and then Token Proof. These are all companies I talk to every single day. And yes, and, and Boss Beauties announces a raise. I'm a holder of, of even Moonbirds. And I go, well, you know, I know I wouldn't be their lead investor, but I could be a strategic one. I could have put in maybe five to 25K or found right. some support to do that. And I say to myself again, okay, information, how do we adjust the ship? So if we know that's where we want to go yep. versus using that as a reason why we're not worthy and we suck. Well, you know, and that's such an interesting, you know, because I think so much of it is like, you know, we put in a lot, I mean, like, and, and actually this is a great framework because, like, you know, I had Zeneca on the, on the podcast uh, about a week ago and it like, it was so interesting because he was like, yeah, I first created my like, first piece of content or a tweet that people mattered in November of last year. Like it hasn't even been a year. It's and crazy. I was like, I was like. Could, could we go back to like when we first, like, so I, I was thinking about that, like from a, you know, there, there are a lot of people that are listening right now that we're not active on Twitter, you know, up until web three, right. We're not thinking about, you know, an IG story or, or YouTube short or whatever that may be. And now they're having to lean into that. I mean, I think one of the things from my standpoint is like the relationships are, are important in the, that, you know, kind of category, but I think it's also important to like, to like own that, like the creator component of like what you create. Like I love you. I mean, you do a great job of, you know, short and to the point on like news topics and things that like, I think like, unfortunately there are a lot of people that have a massive following on TikTok that do the same type of content that suck at it. But for whatever reason, they like, they hit like some kind of virality. Right. And so I'm curious, like from, if you looked at like, you know, like Zeneca is a good example, but like if we could, if you could go back, right, from when you were starting What's Trending and when you were starting, you know, because like I looked at What's Trending, not Shira Lazar, right, which would be my like my feedback. I think you and I had talked about that before because I was always like, man, What's Trending's popping off and like I love what you're doing. But there was a little bit disconnect of like, is that Shira Lazar and What's Trending or is it just Want to know why? It's so weird. Everyone has an opinion about this. Yep. Every, you know, either someone says to me, you know what? What's trending is Shira. And I wouldn't even know about it if it wasn't for Shira. And then other people go, oh, I didn't even know. I just thought you were an employee. I didn't even know you're a part of this, or I didn't know you're a founder. And so everyone has their opinion. And like at a certain point, you're just like, okay, what what do you want to do with this? Right. Like, but for me, the journey was because when what's trending started, it was a show and I was the host. It was what's trending with Shira Lazar. I had a vision of it being like a Huffington Post, right? Something bigger mm -hmm. than me. And so with that, that's why it just became what's trending. It wasn't with Shira Lazar. We have other hosts. We have other voices. It's not just about me. Because like keeping up a what's trending brand, if it was just me, it would be exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I didn't mm -hmm. want that. And like also it's like I, I wanted something bigger than me. Like I mean, some people might not want that, but that was something I felt like was more sustainable and lent, it's, lent uh, to more of who I was and my mission in all of this. And uh, so it was interesting because as what's trending progressed, I felt actually too attached to it even after that. Mm. And when it was having, you know, at, at its high, it was great. But then when there are lows, they were really low. And it was so attached to my identity and who I was that I felt like a failure when what's trending was a failure. And so that really led me on a personal growth journey, 
where I had to really separate myself from it and say, like, whether what's trending succeeds or fails, I'm going to be okay. I know I'm good at what I do. And it's not going to be, you know, uh, the be all end all of that. It'll be an experience you know, that I've had. And, you know, some people even say to me, you know, I'm in the Cheryl Lazar business, whether what's trending comes and goes. So it's, it's really strange, the perspective, depending on who you talk to that said, you know, that experience led me to hiring someone to really run it day to day so that I could then a few years ago, kind of lean into some of the things that I had lost track of, like really my, my own voice. Right. I'd kind of lost my voice. I didn't really know who Cheryl Lazar was because I was just always covering news and trends and interviewing people. Who was I when I was being interviewed? Like, I don't even think people thought of possibly interviewing me because they were like, well, you're not the creator. You're not even the founder. Like, who are you? Right. <laughs> and so that led me on that that journey and uh, to where I am today. And I, I feel like it uh, led me to wellness and focusing on mental health, sharing my own journey on social media, being clear about the content that I wanted to produce. Like, do I produce that content on what's trending or do I put it on my own personal platforms? Like my own personal social platforms had kind of fallen by the wayside. Right. And so the past few years, it was really a focus on, and this sounds, it could sound narcissistic, <laughs> but like building the brand of me, like yeah. building Shira again, like who am I and what do I want to represent? But that is so important because that should be the foundation, right? Yep. Your values, your views, your perspective should be the foundation of everything you do in your expression versus your company being the foundation. Well, yeah, I, think that's where, yeah. I think that's where a lot of podcasters go completely wrong in yeah. that they only do an interview show. They only ask the questions. They don't add their own perspective. And all of a sudden, four years in, massively successful podcasts, but no one has any idea what their view or opinion is on on anything, right? And that's a that is a really difficult component. Yeah. And I'm I'm curious, how are you like? So from you know, there are NFT founders that have you know great projects right now, but let's face it, the you know projects most of them are less than a year old. Some of them are a year old. Like um, Asher, I'm thinking of Asher, uh, the founder of uh, Lazy Lions. I had him on the podcast, hmm. and he told me like, I mean. I asked him for like months and he was like, I'm not doing podcasts. Like, that's not who I am. That's not my role. And eventually his community just like kept knocking on the door being like, dude, you need to market like this lazy lions. And, you know, one of the things that he had, you know, we had a conversation after the the uh, show, he was like, man, that was so much fun. He's like, I got to share what I care about. Right. And he, he, I think felt like he had only kind of fallen behind uh, the lazy lions brand. So I'm curious, like, what are your thoughts on, you know, those that are like, cause I think right now we hold, NFT founders at too high of a regard in, in a weird way. Like, we're like <laughs> it depends, right? It's a fine balance. Like you is. don't want to overshadow or yep. supersede your brands in a way or your community. Because right. once again, that could be like ego driven, narcissistic, etc. Like look at Adam Newman with WeWork, right? Yep. That's a perfect example. At the same time, that leadership or charm, quote unquote, problematic charm is what led it also to being popular um, and him raising a shit ton of money. Again, again, I mean, which is A16, ridiculous. He gave him more money because I know. Like, Let's not even go there. Please. So I think for uh, for founders, it's really about finding the balance in the end, including in Web three and NFTs. Like community members and those even curious want to know who you are. That's a big right. part of why they'll support the project. Like Sarah from Women and Weapons um, is a perfect example of this. Like. People love the project, but also people love it because they know her. And she's also starting to share her own content yep. as a female leader in this space. 
And so we talked about this actually on a phone call the other week. And she said, you know, she realized how important that was too. We look at Gary Vee. Gary Vee is like the prime example of yep. that. Sometimes too an extreme. Yeah, he's like, right? like he's kind of like the apple too in the tag. Like he's the exception in a lot of ways. Exactly. Right? Where, like, That's like to the, like, you don't want to be distracting your business and your vision by you. At the same time, how do you add you to your vision? Yep. So once again, it's a fine dance. Like, how do you maintain your own platform? It needs to come naturally and be authentic to you. Like, yep. I think if this is tiring you out, if it doesn't feel good, then don't maybe waste your time. But if if it's maybe something that you get to go outside your comfort zone with and grow into, I think you can reap a lot of benefits and see lots of rewards. Yeah, look at Zeneca. I think Zeneca is a perfect example of that balance between building a company and then really showing who he is as a founder behind that. And you saying like, well, I already loved Zen Academy, but I love it even more now that I know Zeneca or I've found this guy Zeneca and wow, I think he's so cool that I will support Zen Academy. So it works right. hand in hand. Yeah. You know, I think that, you know, and it's funny, uh, you know, I have a Budweiser sent me this whole like Bud Light Pittsburgh Steeler uh, Super Bowl thing or football thing uh, to promote. And I, I I mentioned, I was like, you know what, I'm going to tag Gary in it. I'm going to do like a, cause Steelers play the Jets this weekend. Um, and I, the amount of messages I got, I was like, why would Gary care? And I was like, oh, just FYI, he happens to be the CEO of a, of Vayner Media who represents Budweiser in this conversation, right? But there was like- And there also, he's like the, a big fan of the Jets. Right, and like kind of likes the Jets, right? And there were, But there was a lot of people, what I found like Web3, that don't even know the Gary V of Vayner, right? Like it's almost like, wait, he's the V Friends guy and he's the Gary V brand. But there, you know, there's, there's some of those exceptions. You know, the other part that I feel like some people- we'll kind of have to find the balance. And I think you and I have, we've kind of rolled the roller coaster in many different ways, right? Where there's, there is a time where in part, certain parts of our lives, I feel like we can give people too much access to ourselves, which then really can weigh on the mental health. But then there's yeah. also other parts where you're like, you know, F it, I'm just going to show up as my authentic self. And I feel, you know, I, I sent a message to um, I Justine uh, the other day because she had posted some uh, vacation photos that she was out having a good time. And I just messaged her and been like, you know, I, I, I don't know her, and, and like know her, know her. But yeah. for me, like I've been a fan for so long of what she's created and it, it seldom do I get to see like the, the side of her. It's like relaxing and personal. And I like, that was my message was like, I'm just happy to see that you relax and are personal. And, <laughs> and, and I'll say, Shira, it's the same. Like when I saw you at Burning Man and like kind of like the idea of like you letting your hair down and having that escape, you know, we do Alpha Mondays together. And so I knew you were there, but like there, like that access, I think, when you're in the right place can make sense. How are you looking at that on like, you know, letting like all of your flags shine and say, Hey, this is me versus like, um, I'm going to hold some of that back. Cause I, I think it is a, that's another one of those balances that I think a lot of people struggle with. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, I got, I didn't even get any hate from anyone. My parents were not happy about some of those burning man photos. I heard that for a while. Anyway, let's just say I didn't win the daughter of the year after <laughs> But, but your parents were a little upset, but, but, but your community, right? They, there was no hate I think from that. that is, listen, I'm almost, uh, this is real. I'm almost 40. I am like an adult, a semi-adult, but I think it's important to show that you're a human, right? Because, and, and there is that balance. Like I think haters will hate, trolls will be trolls. Yep. I think when you are positioning yourself too much as a brand, people, whether it be consciously or subconsciously say, is this a real person? Like who are they actually in real life? Or is that, is that who they are? And then when you do the other extreme where you're just like letting it all hang out, 
there's a bit of a feeling like, is it, it, this doesn't feel professional. Do I actually want to work with this person? So how do you use these platforms more as a way of expressing yourself and your truth? That's how I look at it. Like I, I feel like this is who I am. So how, how do I just really lean into that? Because you know, YOLO and guess what? People will see it and who want to connect with that and feel empowered by that. Hopefully it's like leading by example. They see that and they say, maybe I should be doing something not like this, but maybe there's something that I've wanted to do that I haven't done. Or like, maybe I am kind of too focused on my to-do lists and my work and I haven't let myself go, or maybe I haven't really thought about my mental health. Right. So like, for me, these are things like, it's almost like a stream of consciousness. Like this is where it could go a bit hippy dippy download where I'm saying like, this is how I feel. Could this like, does this represent me? Yes. Could this support someone else or just be just fun to share? Okay. Like we each have kind of our filters. We put things through. And then there's a lot of times I'll write something on Twitter and put it in drafts. Like, is this coming from a place of reactivity? Am I angry? Am I frustrated? (laughs) I think, I think we, we, we send each share. other sometimes, sometimes our drafts are, are text to each other. That's like, we're like, we want to put this out, but we also know it's like a, it's a subtweet of like bitter, bitterness. And like, yeah. like it's, it's like a balance of that, that, that world of it as well. Totally. So it's like, how are you doing something in a reactive, in a non-reactive way? Um, and also being authentic to who you are. And I think it's just constantly asking yourself that question, like the why, why am I putting this out there? What does it represent to me? What could it represent to other people? Right. And And like, I think the, I think weirdly the the web three world is actually a little bit more confusing in this because like I did an episode on the podcast and this is like a couple of months back or maybe a month back. And I was just talking about like, you know, it's no wonder some brands don't want to work with some people because every Twitter space, they just talk about, Hey, I'm taking bong rips. And, you know, and like, you know, literally there's like, Oh, I didn't have any thought to that. I threw the project up and now I'm doing it. And I I was kind of like, Hey, we got to be strategic. And then I literally watch the founders of Yuga board ape, on the full send podcast. And they're like, yeah, I was tripping that day. And I, and, and they like, they went and I'm like, wait, their company. Well, is- that's listen, but Brian, that's like, there is some sort of privilege around that, yep. right. Already having a gazillion dollar project now being able to show up being like, yeah, I'm hungover. I'm, you know, stoned. Like that is a bit of a privilege. And I think there are certain people, specifically women, people of color, possibly those like in the LGBTQ community that feel like, no, when I am, putting myself out there, I need to be on my, my best behavior because that's that's why I think it's confusing. People are judged in different ways. You see someone like them that's doing that. And you're like, Oh, like it almost gives permission, especially that, like that crypto bro crowd to kind of lean into that. Right. And you're like, no, hold on a second. Like let's think like long-term, right. Let's also think like, you know, how we're, how we're building, what we're building. And, and, and I think that actually goes into also like what you want to, like you guys, they are not worried about, future partnerships that like don't want to work with them at this point. Right. Like that's like, they're like, you know, screw you. You're, I'm, I'm at this yeah. point where the rest of us are kind of like at that, like, Hey, as we're continuing to build, it's not that we have to be a chameleon to everyone, but we also have to re- realize that there's a risk and reward for all of those, you know, kind of scenarios. So I'm curious from your standpoint, if we look at web three brands, web three projects, and those that want to hire either a content creator, advisor, strategist, host, 
how do you think like right now, I mean, cause you and I talk about this kind of offline a lot, but like, there's, we have a lot of hope for this space and that it won't fall into the web two days of, of kind of taking everything for free, come speak for free, you get paid an exposure. But a lot of that is bleeding into web three as well. What is your take on kind of the landscape of, of how we're there, like that world's valued in this web three world? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a balance too, because we're, we're building quote unquote, you know, authentic communities. So, you know, I do think there's a vibe check that happens. People want to know that you care. You're not just in it for the money. Definitely. I think once that is established, there needs to be an understanding of depending on where you're coming from, like that people have rates, you know, people are paid for their time and their expertise and you should go into it probably expecting that just like you would expect a developer or an engineer to have a budget. Maybe they wouldn't charge you as much. Like if you're a new project or a startup, maybe then they would take some equity, but like we need to be open to having these conversations and not judge or make people feel bad. And maybe this is me projecting (laughs) myself. Like I sometimes feel bad when someone approaches me and then they're like, well, we have no budget. And like, it's almost like, I feel like there's a sense of like, well, you should want to do it if you really care about the community or like, Oh, you now think you're all big time. And I'm like, no, like, this is how, like the reason why I ended up getting almost becoming bankrupt and having no money at like 36, even pay for my rent is because of that perspective, because I wasn't valuing myself and my time. So I'm really working to shift that. And it's a constant balancing act. I, I, I hate to continue using that word, but it's so no, but true. It, 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 yeah. You know, it's also weird too, because like, you're never going to ask an accountant like, Hey, do this for or free. A lawyer, right? Right? Yeah, like, lawyer. Yeah, Zero chance. Right. And like, even in this space, I will say like, we've been pushing towards don't do that for artists either. Right. Like, which we know was a problem, but I, like, I, I mean, there's somewhat, there's a project that, you know, I don't think they listen to the podcast, but um, they, they approached me uh, without me, them knowing, like I knew like kind of some of the, the setup because pretty much everyone talks and shares, uh, you know, at least yeah. hopefully does. Um, and like they had paid the, this artist to do part of the, the collection. I mean, six figures up front. Right. And when they came to me for this positioning of the thing, it was positioned as if they have no money and that there's like this small percentage on the back end, which I know there's like lots of those pieces. And I'm like, hold on. Like, if you want me to do all of this long before the mint, like, let's change this narrative. And they had no idea at the time that I knew. And like, and just to be clear, the artist wasn't like the artist for the NFT collection. It was an artist they were paying like to help build like the brand out itself. And so like, I still feel like that is a weird you know, space. And, you know, I don't know what your take is like the word influencer, but I like the word influencer in a weird way because it's the difference of when I got paid versus when I didn't get paid for <laughs> seven freaking years. Like, like, like someone be like, true. No, you know what, when you start, it's like when, because of what we think about that word, yep. it does connect to a uh, payment and, and, you know, and cre- I would say creator does too, but if you're, and this is the the issue sometimes, if you have a company like, and we fall into this for speaking and events, a lot of times like you're just marketing your company or you're someone that's not been on air. And then now you're finding that you're getting opportunities to host and be on air. And this is like, oh, I've always dreamed of doing that and you'll do it for free. So it kind of uh, undermines our work because yes. we actually paid for it. So for Twitter spaces, there might be people that will co-host or just do it because it's fun for them because you know they have another job, they're a marketing person or they're like some sort of other, I don't know, job position. 
And so this is fun for them. And it's right. fun for us. The difference is we actually get paid for it. So how do you find <laughs> that balance? And right. what I would just love if anyone's listening, I think I would love the conversation to go as follows. Uh, we're interested in working with you. This is what we're thinking. How much do you ch- like typically charge for this or what's your rate or what's like, what's the model you typically use? And then kind of then go back and say, okay, well, either we can do this or we can't do this, but this is what we're thinking we can do. Um, or this is the max we could figure out and totally get if that doesn't make sense for you. And yep. let the creator choose, let the quote unquote influencer choose. Which, which technically is, isn't that the most ridiculous component, right? Like that, that they want this person because they've built trust with their audience and they know how to, to formulate this. Yet oftentimes they're then going to dictate the terms and how you're going to do that, even though that's like the opposite of what they want to you know, hire for. And I think like in web two, I mean, I think for most of us, we were like yeah. kind of like adapting to what they wanted. And I feel like in web three, we have to do the other way around. Like, oh, what does success look like for you working with me? It's and both. I'll tell you, right. Yeah, it is. It's definitely totally. a meet in the middle type uh, scenario. Like I actually do love, it makes it easier for there to be foundation to say, okay, this is ideally what we want. And then for me to tweak it based on yep. what makes sense for me, sometimes starting with a blank slate, while that's exciting, it could also be overwhelming because then overwhelming. you're like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like I'd rather you come in with your minimums or what you see, and then I'll make tweaks. And my, I was going to say my biggest pet peeve is when someone approaches you and like they say, okay, well, what do you want? And then I, and then you say what you want. And then they're like, oh, we're definitely not on the same page. So it seems like this is not going to work. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You just like made me shoot in the dark, negotiate against myself. And I think that if someone wants to be involved with what you're doing, they'll let you know off the bat, maybe. And then that's when the negotiation comes in. If they don't like what you're doing or your project or your company, they will tell you. Yep. But to then, I find that just so not in good faith to a uh, quote unquote negotiation to just choose out for someone once they establish their worth. Like sometimes there's, there's a lot of times there's flexibility in that, but there's the feeling that I think as a creator or someone entering a business relationship that I want you to acknowledge and at least acknowledge that say, yep. I see that. And that's what you deserve. We might not be able to do that though. Right. Versus just act like, oh yeah, we're not on the same page. Like, I don't know that it just, it's not nice. Yeah. Not and it's, um, you know, and I think there's something to be said about like, you know, the whole idea of like who, who speaks first or who puts the number out first. Right. And there's a lot of that is like positioning, right? I got two emails in the last two days and both of them were people that had been building a relationship and I was no dummy to know, like I knew yeah. there was an ask coming. We know like, we've been in this game long enough, Yeah. but, but then that the ask came from like that blank slate Hey, I need you to shoot. And like, like I jokingly said, you know, to Drew uh, on my team, I was like, I could shoot for a hundred grand and they'd be like, you're out of their mind. I could shoot for 20 grand and they were thinking a hundred grand. That's all how like, un, you know, I was confused as hell of what they were you know, looking and then, for. And then and guess like, what? Then you yep. find out maybe that someone else got more this or that. So like, yeah, our biggest advice is be clear about your needs and what you're willing to do. And then hear the other person out and find a, maybe a middle ground. Have a conversation. Is it that hard? I know. I feel like some people still feel like that way. And the other piece I wanted to, and then we'll move on to the next piece of the, the kind of where I wanted to take it. But, you know, the other part, you know, from a, I mentioned, like, I think founders are, are overvalued. And let me qualify that in the sense that, you know, people are asking for like, I need strategic advice on where the market's at, 
what the pulse is of other project, what the co- the collector wants. And they will be like, I want to go find this founder that launched a project. But there are many founders, many of them will openly admit they've not bought a project or cared about any other project for nine months because they've been building their own. Yeah. And yet for whatever reason, they are like, they're valued at like a, a higher level. And, and oh. it's such like a weird, like I remember seeing this where you know someone was hired uh, over me as a as a social media strategist, influencer strategist, and they were like, "Well, Brian, have you seen that person's Instagram following and what they do every day on Instagram?" And I was like, "I have, and they're badass." But if you wanted just how to grow my Instagram, like what they built, they would beat me every time. But I can guarantee you, cross platform and my awareness as like third party, and I think that's a spot where you know, and it was a New Yorker article that said like the people that aren't valued right now. From a uh, you know, and referring in podcasting, they were like people that have an point of view that can be a strategist that also have a trusted audience are yeah. often the people that we want to take advantage. Like, let me get on your podcast. Oh, I've been building this trusted audience with a podcast. If you want to pitch me to come on the podcast, then value my audience in the sense of like, if it's that important for you that you're going to go pitch me to come on, then there must yeah. be a, a reason, right? And I'm I'm curious just from your like because like. I mean, I, I love where Web3 is going, but I do feel there's like a little bit of this, like people, I mean, and they don't, I think a lot of it, they don't know, right? They don't know that we all talk, right? Like, and and how do we, you know, for anyone that's out there. I feel there, like there lost. needs to be an expectation that people are talking. Like I'll yeah. get um, a DM. Oh, this, com- this NFT, like I, I'm reaching out to get you allow list things, you know, to push your audience. And I was like, they're already talking to me and we're, I was waiting on a deal from them. So like, no, I'm not going to push it out. Like, it's almost like they're getting other people to reach out to you thinking that maybe that will make a difference. And it's like, you know, if you've already reached out to someone to establish a relationship, either figure it out or say it's not going to happen, but then you can't expect like to back channel, to have like another one of your influencers back channel with them because they're friends with them. That's just like, so not, that's not cool. <laughs> it is not. And it's, and it's unfortunate it happens. Right. And it's also like, I mean, I did this with you uh, not too long ago, right? Like someone literally is on, on zoom with me pitching and they're like, we got Shira, uh, Shira Lazar involved. I know you guys host uh, alpha money and they were literally trying to lock me up. And I literally messaged you and like, are you locked in? Are you working? And, and I remember your reply back. is like, no, I've done a, one or two things here or there, but there's nothing like beyond that. And I rem- like for me, that trust there, like now, oh, now my guard's up, right? Like now, like you're flexing and using someone you're else's flexing, street cred. Yeah. Like, and like, especially from the standpoint of like, if you know I co-host a show with you every Monday and you don't think I'm going to follow up, I right? like, I mean like that, I mean, and I get a message from, a, I, I would, I would consider, I mean, someone that has a massive, I'd say NFT influence. He sent me a message via Instagram DMs yesterday. We've never had like a, a conversation, but we've been connected. And he sent me a message and it just simply said, Brian, I got this offer. This is what they're asking me to do. I value your opinion on it. What's your wow. thoughts on it? And I, I appreciated that from like a view. I gave him my unfiltered, you know, like uh, thoughts on it. And it dawned on me in that moment, like I don't think a lot of you know projects and brands in this Web three space kind of recognize that 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 is something I think we are starting to get to get better at because I mean we've all gone to an event and we like, I mean, and especially women and minorities, right. Where you'll find out the person on main stage speaking on day one is a white dude. that got paid 25 grand and they told you they only have five grand for day two main stage for female minority there. Yeah. Knowing damn well, that spotlight's the same. The audience is the same. And, and I think that's, 
that's the web two world. And we can't let that bleed into web three. And that's a hard, you know, kind of thing to kind of not allow kind of crossover. Yeah. But it's already happening. And I'd rather someone say like, Hey, our keynote did get this. This is considered more of like a secondary slot. Like just be honest. I love then that. Then don't like, act will, like you're giving I will, me the <laughs> I will bend over backwards if someone at least, you know, admits that. Right. But it's the other of like, let me find out later on. Exactly. That you, told me you could only cover my hotel. And yet you flew in every other speaker. Yeah. Like WTF. Right. And like, I mean, and that's a whole thing as well, right. On the events. Right. Because let's face it. We know a lot of people create events because it's, it's a shortcut for relationship building. Right. Like there's a little bit of that, you know, they play into our ego, get us on stage. Now we're, we're friends with them because they created an event. But if I see someone post that they just cleared six figures in revenue from that event, that we know that the reason people came is because we put our name with it yeah. and they didn't even cover our hotel or the, like, so we lost money going there to help them build that. They made six figures. Totally. On, like, I, I just did like three conferences and like, sometimes I get like, this is the thing. Sometimes I get paid a bunch and sometimes it's like, this is what we can do. And then it just makes sense. And that's how you, the decision-making I went back and looked at some of my costs and I was like, I'm basically losing money on this. Like I'm not really, cause you would say right. with the content, with the business relationships, it's biz dev, it's relationship growing, but like there is no reason that in real time, someone who's adding value to what you're doing should be losing money. Like if anything, if you don't have a budget, you could say like, tell me your hard costs. Like how much is it? Blah, blah, blah. So, cause you should not be going out of pocket on these things. But yeah, these are, you know, the problem is, is when you're do doing a conference and you know this, it's like, there's so many different things happening at once. And the easiest thing to do is just treat everyone the same in a way. Are you yeah. either, you either say, okay, no one's getting paid. Or maybe you get an NFT, like, you know, NFTLA is playing around with a model around, you know, selling certain NFTs or giving yep. NFTs to creators that are speaking so that they could sell them for as tickets to other people. Like there's stuff like that happening. And overall, like, yeah, it can be challenging if you don't have a budget upfront, right? Or you're relying on the money you make on the back end. Maybe there is a way to say like, okay, each person that's booked gets point whatever percent of that. So and we're expecting that to be if we do blah 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 get to be this all right like it that can be um that can be hard you know south by southwest it's all based on you just showing up we know this yep. the hope is you get a brand deal there that pays for all that and that's the same thing with this like basil coming up yep. or even when i was at nft nyc like i paid for certain things i happened to end up getting a brand deal there that ended up subsidizing a lot of my costs yep. that was great doesn't always happen and you're, yeah, of course, and investing in yourself. Like a lot of this is investing in you. But at a certain point, if everyone's like really promoting you as part of your thing and you're doing what you do and lending your expertise and you're actually your job to it, that's where it can get a bit complicated. It, I think it's a great way to put it, right? And I think, you know, it's also, and I, I think, you know, the other we're advice venting, that, by the way, we're all, we're like, this is like the woes of the creator. right? Well, now. And I, cause I think it's an important, I mean, cause when I, you know, for me, part of what this is, is also like how many years have we put in where like I made the mistake of speaking everywhere for free. And then I was like, Oh, well now I'm gonna ask for my fee. And people are like, wait, I got you last year for free. And now you're 10 K. That is like, so oh, not cool because there needs to be an understanding that like, that was not the relationship and things change. Like, no, that well, my, I do. I do have an answer for it now, right? So like what? anytime I'm doing a gig where they're like asking me to come in and they don't have a fee, they get invoiced for my full amount minus the full amount and saying, just so you know, I gave you a discount, 100% <gasps> discount. 
Oh my God. That is such a good idea. Because that sets the bar. Like they, now they know what they got from you. They know what your expectations are. And next year when they come around, they're a lot less. Now I will say like, for me, that's like a, it's also like a balance. Cause like it's, it, it can come across a little bit of like a flex, but it's, I I've found when doing that in the right positions, it at least creates the conversation that says I gave you something here. And I do feel like that people kind of level that up. And so I think we can kind of lean into that in web three as well. Do you know, like, I, yeah, I, I love that. Uh, you, <laughs> some people, you know, when I say, okay, this is my speaking fee, right. They'll say, well, it's only an hour. Like, I don't get it. It's only an hour. We only need you for, or I had someone that said that needed me all day, but they said, but really on stage, you're only on stage for this amount of time. And I go, but I have to drop everything that day. I'm flying the day before. Like, and then you're, you know, promoting that I'm there. There's certain things like you need to take into account that this is just kind of industry standards, just like anything else. And like, why are you devaluing this side of the business versus the another side of the business? We need yep. to change that. If we're saying that we're in a time of the creator, the artist, you know, it, it needs to be looked at in a different way. And it's not like I need to be Serena Williams to get that right. There's like, yep. there, just cause you're not, yeah. Logan Paul or, Charlie D'Amelio, right. like you still have an influence and an expertise that matters. And, you know, I know we have to wrap this, but even recently I was at a conference where I also had been there all a while and underpaid. And I said, well, this isn't this year, my new rate. They said I could do max this. Well, I found out one of the other people, even though I was the moderator, they were one of the guests was being paid 11 times what I was paid. Oh. And she was just like, Shira, like, you either need to talk to the, my guy organizing this, like my agent or whatever. And this is why also, by the way, when you when you wonder, you get weirded out when someone adds someone to the conversation, a manager or an agent. This is why a yep. lot of talent have a hard time negotiating for themselves. And they will say yes because they actually like it and, and they love what they do. And uh, then that's I'm when they're ta- like, they're taking advantage of it. Bit. And so right. like, that's the reason why that story, why talent bring in representation to speak on their behalf. And it's sad even, and I even spoke to that rep after being like, I just heard this, like, you need to start repping me and being these conversations for me. And he goes, you know what? It means sometimes saying no before you're going to get a yes. And for me, that just sucks. Right. I hate that. I hate that. That sucks. Oh, it's such a, oh my gosh, I hate that so much. Right. Cause like. There is an element of like, you know, when does that like, you know, that stop or how does that kind of go forward? And I think that kind of takes us into that, that the next part too, where you know there are people that right now are starting a project. Maybe they got some funding. Maybe they, you know, they're bootstrapping, whatever it may be, and they're looking to work with advisors and those that can kind of do both fly, right? Give them context on advice on how to build a project, but also bring them an audience that they might not have. What is like your preferred way of people wanting to approach you or work with you? Well, there's, yeah, I appreciate that. There's a few things. I mean, if you're literally starting from scratch, you're, you yourself and your project, that could be challenging. However, like I always say, maybe you're not going to be right away a guest on my show because you haven't established yourself. Doesn't mean I don't believe in you, but guess what? If you put up your hands, I'll bring you on stage. I'll bring you on stage and start showing up to these spaces, getting to know the people. Don't just show up when you need something like (laughs) I've gotten to know people over the past six months to a year. So but that by the time they launched something, like I didn't know them. They they didn't even have a background that I knew before, but it's been a while of them continuing to show up, be consistent. And then that builds the relationship so that when something happens, while maybe I won't even be an advisor 
or something more official, I'm still down to support because I've gotten to know them. Right. So like that goes a long way. Like sometimes when you just show up and you're like, I want to talk to you right away, it can kind of get unnerving. And then that's when I default to like, here's my pricing. Here's my this. Like it's very transactional. If I've seen you in my space over months and you follow me and you retweet me, like it's not about vanity, but you're engaged. Yeah. And then you say like, I've really loved your stuff. I'm working on something. Can I just like pick your brain? Sometimes I pick my, your brain or can I just get to like, uh, I would love to share more about what I'm doing. And then get someone's temperature on that. Sometimes it might be a fit and sometimes it might not be a fit. It doesn't mean I'm not going to support you, but I might not do it in a quote unquote official way. Right. On the other side, if you are someone that's established and all that, then we get to have a real conversation, right? I mean, I get to have a real conversation with everyone, but there's less of that biz dev kind of relationship building sometimes that we need to do. We kind of just jump right into the convo and there are realities to it. It's like being clear about where you're at and what, like, what is realistic and reasonable based on your needs, right? So, like, I would say at the, at the very least, as an advisory, a lot of times in this space, just like in other corporate spaces, it is a, you know, one uh, percent vesting possibly as an advisor, which right. means you need to figure out is this on the mint or the company overall now, right? And there's some security stuff that comes in with this as well, and then. Uh, that is at a low level, you know, if that's a monthly call probably, and then light introductions, if you're wanting more than that, where it's like, I want calls weekly, I want lists, like it's very engaged. You're kind of now going into the consulting route. Right. Yep. And that's, I, I see that as kind of the future deals where it's a hybrid where here's like, and I might say, here's my consulting rate. Here's typically the advisory. And you might say, I only have this. And then you get creative, right? Yep. And then you might say, oh, but we have marketing budget. So maybe we don't have it on the monthly consulting as much as high as you want, but we could hire you maybe for a speaking thing or to host to Twitter spaces or to create a piece of content. So like, that's where it's about getting creative. Um, and, and I believe like I'm flexible, but it needs to be the right project, the right alignment and feeling like there's a win-win there for both sides. That it's not just like a take, 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 like, or an, an equal energy exchange of sorts. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, I think that mutually beneficial component, right. And like, and let's face it, like if you're, you know, have no mint date in sight and you need, you know, eight yeah. months worth of work, right. Like you, you promising me a percentage on something that's not even guaranteed to happen, you know, is a, is another, um, you know, a difficult piece, but I would just say like, you know, for all those listening, right. I think there's the beauty of web three is I think our ability to be creative with the, and the transparency of, you know, blockchain and, and the way percentages are, are shared, I think is a, is a win for all of us all around, right. I think it's better for, for brands that we can kind of open those doors and get creative, right. Like you're going to treat me like a consultant pre-mint. I win 5% of the mint, but you're only going to deal, need me as an advisor after you mint. Give me 1% on secondary. And now I'm more of an advisor, you know, after mint. I think the, those, oh, those that's are things an, that- You see, even this, that's an interesting model that I haven't even considered, but just know also that like, we're all talking to each other. And yep. I think as creators, if there's creators listening, like we need to be in this together and be connecting and being real with each other because it creates a healthy ecosystem for all of the, us, right? Yeah. The more we keep to ourselves and hoard, the more that's just going to happen. And it's not going to benefit anyone. Yep. 
Yep. And I think we have to own what we're worth, right? I think you and I both preach that a lot, right? I think the, you know, when I found out, you know, and this was many months ago now, but you know, that someone actually like, I mean, and this was kind of screwed up in the the brand perspective, but they shared how much that the brand had paid me the year before to, to the influencer. And the influencer said he offered half. And I was like, like how we're on a race to zero if everyone's undermining everyone. And well, yeah, like, that's the thing is like in the end, also, if you're going to be pitting people against each other and at least at the very least, either if you really want someone, let them know, hey, our hands are tied. This person, is there any wiggle room? And then you might say, you know what, I'll do it. But then, yeah, that just that just sucks. And it also doesn't help build the relationship or the trust for a future deal. Yeah. Yeah. Cause if someone's telling me someone else's rate, I know damn well they're going to share my rate the next time. So I have to be like, you know, like, you know, kind of screw you over once they're going to, that's going to happen too. All right. I'm going to, we're going to pull this together at the, uh, but I, one of the things I want to kind of end on is that, you know, I think one of the things that you do amazingly is you are from my view, you are a staple as a great ally and a great advocate mm. for so many different groups. And I think, from the outside, there are a lot of people that want to step into that shoes. You know, like our our, our dear co-host uh, Manushka, who we had on the show. Um, you know, yeah. love her to death, rock star, and I love you know sharing on Monday nights with both of you guys. And I remember when like the she was doing the Time, uh, you know, the Time Magazine thing in New York, and she talked about how much you went above and beyond, and how much you took care of that. And that was a lot of that was a, a cultural relative thing for what she was trying to build, and and you stepped into that role, and I think you do that more so than you probably get credit for. And I just want to say that, you know, as a friend and someone that sees that, like it, it's something that inspires me each time, right? Each time that you're at a parade or each time you're standing up for those, you know, for those that you know need a voice that we believe have a voice, you know, inspires me to do the same. What's your advice for those that are, are kind of, maybe it's the, you know, the cis white male that is listening. That's like, I want to be an advocate. I want to be an ally, but I also don't know like where I fit or how I kind of show up. How do you approach that and, and kind of help them see that light? Yeah, just just start showing up, show up to spaces, right? You don't need to be on blast yourself, right? Or talking, just yeah. listening and learning. And I think that will give you the information you need to show up and support. But it's a consistency thing. It's not just showing up when you're needed or during Pride Month or when a crisis is happening, allyship is 24 seven. It's saying that I see you and I hear you and you deserve better. And I'm going to fight for that. It, and I'll, I'll be there with you because, uh, you know, oppression to any community is oppression everywhere, right? An injustice yeah. anywhere is an injustice everywhere, as Martin Luther King Jr. says. So recognizing that anyone's plight is not just their plight, it's all of our plights. If it's happening to one person or one community, it's, you know, that's where empathy and compassion comes in. You know, yep. while you could recognize it's not your lived experience, it's it's saying that I hurt still too, and I will fight with you and for you. And so it's just shifting into that mentality, just being a good person. But like in terms of action items, yeah, I would say supporting, putting your money where your mouth is. You know, if you're in Web3 NFTs, like supporting founders and artists, buying their art, promoting it to your own platform yes. and your friends and following, right? And then showing up in their spaces and supporting them as well. Uh, and then if you have a platform, featuring them and what they're doing. So it's like, that's that's at the, the very least what you can do. And then even if you don't want to do it publicly, like what are you doing behind closed doors, right? Yep. So yeah, are you going to spaces to promote? And it doesn't need to be a pride event, but I would say 
in in the meetings that you're in, how are you speaking about these communities? Are you calling folks forth slash out? If you hear something, if you hear something, say something. Yep. If you are in a company, you notice there's not a lot of diversity. What are you doing about it? Or are you just saying, well, that's that just is what it is. Or like, you know, we just haven't found the talent. Like, how active are you in all of this? And I, you know, and I, and I think that's such a, a beautiful way of too. It's like the more active you are, the more kind of doors and welcoming will exist, right? And I, I haven't shared this on the podcast yet, but I just, you know, signed on to be an advisor for the the Ga- Galactic Gaylords, and uh, cool. shout out to Austin and the team, and I, I love everything they represent. And you know, as we were having the conversation, you know, that I was like, I can't wait. I'm excited to be a part of the team and and provide you know my point of view. And I had a couple of people in my network that are like, Brian, I would love to have that opportunity, and I was like. The opportunity was was natural because I've made it very apparent, and I show up very loud and proud for you know that that in, you know for that entire community in every way possible, where it wasn't something that like didn't feel like it, it was gonna you know the connection's gonna be there, and I think you do that you know you know better than than most. And you know, I, we were, I was even geeking out. We we both have our our Stoics uh, down below, and and Gabe is who I interviewed uh, yesterday, cool. and you know even he like the way he talked about like within his art and like the way he wants to help others. Is like he he said he said I'm gonna collaborate with more people in that are in these places that don't have a voice and I'm just gonna keep collaborating them and it's gonna be known that that that's where I'm gonna be at and he's mm. like and because of that it's gonna be an automatic light right it's gonna open some doors and I felt like it was such a I'm, I'm a I mean the interview was great you know, Gabe is a is a, a rock star and, you know I love what he's representing but yeah I just think it's uh you know an important conversation and you know I think give you for those that are interested you know just give Shira a follow on all the channels and uh, you know, I, I, you know, you're, you are, you know, you've been in the game for a while, but you're also are one, um, that, you know, I don't believe has been rewarded or celebrated the way that you probably should have, but I believe, you know, web three, we, hopefully we can, uh, we can fix yes. that. So, let's do Shira it. Let's, Thank you. Let's go. Let's FG. <laughs> let's go. LFG. Yes. LFG, all those GMs, GNs, LFGs, all that together. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Thanks so much here for coming on. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. Uh, and for everybody that's listening, you know, you know, definitely it's a, you know, a great opportunity to, you know, show your care, go out of your way. And for anyone that's questioning, like, are you a creator? You know, the beautiful thing is step in and own it, right? For all those that want to work with creators, own the fact that they have value, that you value them. And I can promise you, you value someone at the start of that creator relationship, that the benefit will far outweigh any kind of charge that you put out of the front. If you do it the other way, you know, you often get what you, uh, what you're willing to pay, to pay for in the, in the end. So, uh, until tomorrow, my friends, make it a great day. Cheers. The Mint 365 Collection 100 Day Countdown is on. We're counting down to November 11th when we'll auction off all 365 NFTs as one collection, including a custom mosaic of all the art. Want to bid on this one of a kind Web3 time capsule? For details, keep listening to NFT 365. If you found this helpful, let us know by leaving a review. Like, subscribe, share, and do all of those good things. We are greater than me, and as always, this show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research.